Hey, y'all. Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on the show, and there definitely will be tonight, uh, but we always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we're talking about the finale of Loki, the premiere of White Lotus, and I saw Black Widow so Fanny could rob ScarJo of a few AMC A-list dollars. Uh, oh, and we also saw Fast and Furious, uh, a Fast and Furious movie. It was Fast 9. We have, we have questions. So many questions. All right, as always, a plea to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts app, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, or wherever you can find such places to say nice things about us. Please do. Um, It helps people find us. We really appreciate it. Desperate rant over. Um, All right, Loki, we are going... On some timeline, people are leaving lots and lots of reviews. We are going to go full spoilers on Loki, everybody. So if you have not watched the Loki finale, please... Jump over Uh, to another branch. Sit over to another branch for a bit and then come back to our branch. (laughs) Prune yourself. There's a good podcast title. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. What what did you think of the finale of Loki? I loved the finale of Loki. What did you think of the finale of Loki? Um, All right. These are non-spoilery thoughts. Um, All right. So, in my head, I was like, I must because I'm Mr. Ranky. Um, I'm like yeah. Miss Minutes. I'm Mr. Ranky. I was like, I must rate the the Marvel TV shows so far. And I would say, and I did tweet, that I think they aired in the order of overall quality. Um, and I know this is going to be controversial. Um, yeah, we're going to fight. <laughs> I, I had you to drop really this now. You really think Winter Soldier was better than Loki? I you did. are wrong. I did. I cared more about it. No, I really, I did care more about it. Um, the thing I will say is that WandaVision's obviously the best. Had a kind of disappointing ending in some ways. I feel like some of the action-y stuff was gotten away of it all. And some of the, like, you know, expectations trying to bad. Winter Soldier had a terrible finale. And as we talked about on the podcast, go back and listen to it. I was watching a different show in my head. But I mostly enjoyed watching that show. Loki, I... Enjoyed and much like Marvel anything, which I will also talk about later with Black Widow, is kind of incapable of making bad anything. So I, I did enjoy this. I do think by the end it definitely squandered kind of a, a reset of Loki, like as a character. Um, it made him a hero in a way that I didn't find particularly like engaging. I felt emotionally disconnected from the show. I don't think it was particularly like well it looked great it had all the like sexiness but it didn't really engage me emotionally at all ever um but it was pretty to look at it had some fun ideas i really really liked the episode of uh the multiple you know multiple lokis i kind of wish that had just been the show from the very start i wish those i wish he had been dropped there in the first episode and we could have lived with those characters including sylvie who i also loved um the cast acting their ass off set design impeccable 
I, I think this is a little bit for me a style over substance show. So fascinating. <laughs> totally disagree with you. One hundred percent disagree with you. And I think that you were probably watching a different show in your head, and you wanted the show with a bunch of Lokis, and I wanted the show that was about something slightly deeper. No offense, because um, I don't mean that in an offensive way. I just mean that this was. I feel like the show was interested in delving into something different than the bunch of Lokis and an alligator, which I did love and thought was delightful, but did think it should only be one episode in a show that was actually kind of about more than that. And I think the het, the essentially het romance at the core of this thing, even though it's a little queer, but it's mostly het is, I mean, they is focus it? so much on it that I think to the detriment of of the show. I to me, um, I just it, it was I really really loved um, Sophie. What's her name? Demartino. Martino. Um, really loved her in that performance. I just I don't I don't know that I was there on the journey with them for the whole thing. Like this show just did not land any emotional impact for me at all. Like I just, and it's funny. We, I said this in the beginning, they talked about Mad Men as a reference and I felt the same way watching Mad Men. And like, I just am not interested in See, Mad Men left me cold. This did not yeah. leave me cold. I thought that, that I enjoyed what it was doing. I went along with it. I, as you know, on the nose as it may be, I got the entire, you know, nurture yourself, love yourself uh, yeah. message. Loud and clear. I thought Jonathan Majors was freaking great. Um, I I was absolutely uh, picking up what they were putting down. Nice. It was it was not one division for me, but um, one division for me is probably you know very very high on my list of it. You can't top that. I they did set the highest bar yeah. to me of the Marvel thing so yep. far like i do think it's the best marvel thing we've seen so far so I, it was only likely to disappoint me as these shows went on but um yeah i just i don't know and it's i i went back and read some of the kid loki stuff the comics that people had recommended and there's a chaotic element of loki that to me like it it was already kind of written that we knew he was going to be a hero in this show yeah and i just I, I would have liked a little more like struggle with that. Like when you repeat these things, like, you know, do you follow the same arc? Like I just, I, I don't know, a little more chaos. I would have liked, it felt a little bloodless to me in a emotional way. Um, there's a little bit of a British, I don't want to get on this, but it felt a little like British, like sort of too refined to me. Like it just didn't feel like it was breathing. If that makes any sense. Um, I mean, your words make sense. Again, I completely disagree with yeah, you, but yeah, yeah I just I had also, a very different feel. We're going very much into spoilers here. The last episode, Jonathan Majors does eventually show up as Kang. So by the way, anybody who said Kang, I doubted it because I thought it would be really stupid to introduce him at the end without a lot of breadcrumbs. Um, I was wrong. <laughs> Fanny was right. All the people that said Kang would be there were right. I still think it was a very emotionally unsatisfying finale. Like I just did not somebody at Joanna Robinson on still watching podcast basically said, you know, that your enjoyment of this episode really would hinge on his performance. And I think it's a good performance. I don't think it's brilliant, um, but it's fine. It's not enough to carry to me. What was a very 
bad guy sit down and explain the entire like kind of all the questions of the show and sitting there um yeah while our two like more interesting protagonists that we followed through the whole series are sitting there with swords drawn like yeah what's what's gonna actually happen in this episode um and the tva we gotta talk about the tva stuff really really just like a letdown to me like they're just mobius such a fun character so much build up and they're not leaving them. I mean, if this was if this was even up in the air that there wasn't going to be a second season, maybe I would see your point. But they're not wrapping it up for a reason. Yeah, I think I'm just I'm really cliffhangers are a thing in TV shows. I know that's what happens. And in the age of um, you know, st- like streaming, binging, whatever, I think I've become less attached to them i just and maybe that's just a very i mean it it is a very personal like i'm just sort of not interested in that kind of i like these self-contained stories um i feel like actually both wandavision and winter soldier were pretty self-contained because neither one of them is guaranteed a second season and and i liked that okay and that's great and that's fine and i get what you're saying and i agree with you i don't think either one of them need a second season in fact I, i don't want wandavision to have a second season winter soldier i'm not attached to either way i don't care Right, but but this is guaranteed a second season, and they're taking their time to, to tell the story. And just because you don't get it all at once, doesn't mean that it's not legitimate. But it didn't didn't feel like there was an arc enough for me of a first season story to like. Even if something has a cliffhanger, to me, it still needs to feel like okay. I followed this character on this journey of an emotional arc through a season. Okay, every character that was left in the TVA had some sort of conflict that they have now come to a point to. I mean, they've all had story arcs and they've all had changes and they've all had awakenings. It just felt, especially with the TVA, like uh, like obscenely undercooked. Like I, I mean, I'm had, not I'm not yeah. saying that 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 it was a satisfying conclusion, but I'm also not. I mean, there were definitely growth and discoveries and changes in all of those characters. So I yeah, um, I don't know. And awakenings. Yeah. And I, I, I am somewhat gobsmacked that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I just, I said right from the beginning, I wasn't emotionally connecting to it and I yeah. never did. And that's just a, a thing. I don't know whether it's a style thing or a writing thing. Um, but something about it I, to me, I was just like, okay, that happened. I don't think I will remember a thing about it. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, should we talk about <laughs> my, my computer just went blank. Sorry. Now it's all good. Things that we really, um, were confused by <laughs> sure. fast and furious. Uh, we saw our first fast and furious movie. We did. We jumped right in at, uh, F nine to stay nice and current with the series. Did no research. We just wanted to jump right in and just be total fast virgins. Like what's uh, what's happening here? We did that. Um, That's what happened. So I don't even know how to approach. I don't even know that we can review this. I, I mean, we can we just watched say, like, it. Did we have a fun time? I did. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, I. But where should we go with questions? I, Let's just go rapid fire questions. There are going to be spoilers here for anybody that has not seen Fast and Furious Nine. Why I don't is know Shirley what they staring mean. in a box? First question. Why is Charlie's thrown in a box? How did she get out of the box? 
Because eventually she's out of the box. We don't know how or why she got out of the box. Is she immunocompromised? Like, is she... Is this something to do with her not having access to technology? Where are the children? Was this quarantine where they like couldn't? She was just like, I want to be on set, but I want to be in a glass box. Is it because they wanted us to see her haircut in full lighting? Um, where are the children? <laughs> whose children are they? <laughs> I know whose children they are. That was not a problem for me. But who? where are they and who's taking care of them? Well, apparently not apparently, Brian that you thought. No, Brian is – that's the kid's name. Right. He's named after the other Brian. So right. they said Brian a lot. So I did know. But the sister – anyways, I The sister know. was – I yes, yeah. I was still absolutely right about how those kids are. I'm not, not wrong about this. But I But think, we didn't know that he was supposed to be taking care of them. Yes. I did not catch this at all. So is Paul Walker not dead in this world? No. Okay. Which we, we would never have known. Nope, never would have known. Never would have known. He mm-hmm. drives up at a car in the end that people are apparently know the car. So what are they going to do about that? How are they going to – I mean, it's not like – I mean, it's, I don't – is he going to have had a different face? It, what, what's their plan? It's absurd. Who's Jason Statham? I, that Why I did know. he have that guy in the punching bag? <laughs> Which was one of my favorite parts yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it was really good. I was just like, why is there a guy in a punching bag that's Jason Statham is beating up on? And we're like, is he good? Is he bad? Also, who funds these people? Like, right? how are, who do they work for? How did they become superheroes? Yeah. What, um... Like, what continent were they on at any given time? And how did they all get together so quickly after they were on two or three different continents? How do magnets work? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, why? So the magnets were basically there to um, jam frequencies, I think, while they stole the other parts. Yeah, of the it was thing. like an EMP. Still, yeah. Like an electronic pulse right. bomb. But then how did they get into the... Our family's cars? Where, and then they like had these like fancy, like, I can turn this all the way negative or all the way positive things, and I can just fuck up your car or fuck up all of those cars. Why is Finn Cole in this movie? <laughs> Why do Finn Cole and John Cena, Cena look alike? Why do um, Vin Diesel and... Um, John Cena and what's her bucket not look anything alike. <laughs> well, they did talk about their mutt parents and some that that was a thing that happened. Michael Rooker, Rooker said something about their mutt parents. Why is Michael Rooker in this movie? Why is Helen Mirren? In this I movie? was getting there. What's up with her really really weird Cockney accent? <laughs> Does she want to get with Vin Diesel? No, I hope not. <laughs> um. God, what other questions? Why are there landmines that are, like, unmarked? Doesn't that defeat the purpose of a landmine? What do you mean unmarked? You mean marked? No, like it's – right, right. It's – it's Where uncovered. you can see them, yes. Yeah. Doesn't yes. that, that defeat the purpose of a landmine? One would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Why did they not learn from porn that you just – if you want to make a movie that's just about all action, just make the movie about all action and don't try and sting, string together some sort of weird-ass plot? Who is the nerd trio that is making a rocket car? The kid from – it's the kid from – it's Lucas Black from Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you hang out with Billy Bob Thornton when you're too young. <laughs> Why do they go to space in that car and tape themselves up in deep sea diving suits? And how did they get on the International Space Station and nobody like tried them as spies? How did they get out of that? Is there a docking station? Like what? 
And if you can send yourself to space, why aren't you feeding the hungry? Also, how expensive is it to then send somebody back from the International Space Station? They would be in jail. Yeah. Um, Why are Ludacris and uh, Tyrese, like, major... characters in this movie because i i'm like maybe earlier movies they i was like i don't want to see these two i'm so uninterested in these two um but they're in space also yes did people really pay money to see eight other of these films that apparently is a lot of money um this is so bad i don't I, understand what happened i also super enjoy myself oh, because yeah. the things that i did like i really did like and have no questions about um, the car swinging like Tarzan on a vine of its own will, apparently. Uh, that car was just like, I'm going to swing across that that canyon. Um, I also really enjoyed when Vin Diesel was um, like flipping cars around and bumping them to catch people or crush people. Like basically that like bumper cars, but yes. like in a 3D kind of action way. I enjoyed that. Um, and I laughed a lot. Yeah, there was um, lots of laughing. Yeah. And I will say that even the people in the audience that were super jazzed and enjoying themselves also knew, seemed to know that they were in on the joke. They totally. seemed to know that this was the stupidest thing. We, we were all like having a mass hallucination and together. Yep. So I did appreciate that they did not think that this was like, you know, Citizen Kane. Right. Which Citizen Kane overrated too. Don't get me on that rant. But anyway, my point being that they did not think that they were in the presence of greatness they knew what they were there for and it was what we were witnessing final question okay will you watch any other fast and furious movies i don't know that i need to i don't think i do either i think i have done it i, I think, think I've, I've we we have paid our dues we've seen it i kind of like not knowing any other answers and not having to know what happens in any of the other ones. I kind of like that sort of to live in the vague. So that in like future like party scenarios, people are like, Oh my God, that's a real, we'll only, we'll only have F9 knowledge and we'll be like, Oh yeah, we know about F9. They went to space (laughs) in uh, diving here because that Uh, totally works. So, so bizarre. Um, thank God for edibles. Uh, white Lotus. Um, (laughs) Just don't tell puck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, so Mike White, uh, not my doppelganger, despite if you, yeah, just reminding me, I I get some Mike White stuff from people. Oh, Justin. I know. That's a hate crime. It is a hate crime. That's not okay. I mean, he's very talented. He's making HBO shows. Yeah, no, he's a good writer and he's a great director (laughs) and I like him, but I want to know who said that to you and I will personally go punch them right in the eye. Somebody at a Prince concert came up to me and was like, you're Jack White's roommate in School of Rock, aren't you? And I was like. Jack Black. Jack Black. And I was like, who? What? And I really had to think. Oh, no. And then we kind of talked about it because I was like, what do you know? What are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, my God, not Mike White. <laughs> Anyways, Mike White, you're great. I, we just don't look anything alike. No. Um, I, I'm upset. He is behind this HBO show, which was made in the height of quarantine. Apparently, HBO said, give us a show that we can make in quarantine. Um, it's about a bunch of rich assholes in a Hawaiian resort. Uh, the cast is amazing and includes Connie Britton, Steve Zahn, Jake Lacey, Jennifer Coolidge, Natasha Rothwell, and other amazing Alexander people. Alexander Daddario. Yes. Um, I just like to say Daddario. One episode has dropped so far. What did yes, you think of just it? just one. 
I really liked this. I thought it was uh, extremely well written, biting. Uh, the performances were all good. I think that it is setting up to go someplace very interesting. It is uncomfortable, and I enjoy that. What did you think? I liked it. Good. It's um, yeah, it's beautifully made. It's so like yeah. sumptuously shot in a fun like disgusting decadent way that's like fun <laughs> to look at um the cast is so good connie Britton is i think the mvp of this as connie like i'm Britton's always like always i'm MVP. always like she's gonna be good but then you're like oh she's so good <laughs> she is so good yeah has such a great uh balance of like like empathy and disdain yes that sort of like like yes. like flitter Disdainful back and empathy. forth <laughs> it's so She's such a yeah. genius at that. Um, I really like Steve Zahn in this, and I yeah, have honestly not thought about Steve Zahn in ages. And he's great. I don't great think in I've this. liked him anything since Happy Texas. Yeah, this is really like he's doing great work in this. Yeah. Like again, you sort of feel bad for him, but he's also a total dick. Yep. Um, I think that's sort of the mo of this show: is people that are terrible people, but that you're also sort of weirdly drawn to. Right. I've seen a lot of like articles about. It being like, oh, more terrible, you know, like white, rich people, whatever. Right. And I mean, it so far it seems a little different than like yeah, a I think there's Big Little Lies or something. Oh, it has a little more yep. um, satire to it. Oh, absolutely. I think those kind of shows. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think it's more the succession than the soapy. Uh, right. You know, Big Little Lies and all that where – Almost like Big Little Lies and those things, although they know that their people are assholes, they still have this sort of aspirational yes. um, bit to them that that like Succession doesn't. You watch Succession and you think, I don't ever want to be rich ever because none of these people are ever going to be happy and they're all mis- and they're all n- like horrible to be around and no grasp on reality. And this has that. You don't want to be these people, despite right. the fact that they're in paradise and they can do whatever they want. They can go snorkeling and all of that stuff. They're also miserable, and they're miserable to be around, and they enjoy making everybody else miserable. And it has it doesn't have any of that aspirational bit to it, which I I appreciate. And I think Mike White's thing that is funny and interesting is about horrible people that are like. They kind of want to be horrible, but they're not even good at being right. horrible, which yeah. is sort of an interesting difference. Totally. Like, they're just, you know, all these characters are like, you know, sort of trying to be mustache twirling, but like also sort of bad at that. Right. And that's sort of an interesting thing to look at. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll keep watching it. The murder mystery part of it, it's not a spoiler. It gets out of the way right away in the beginning. Yeah. It does feel like some HBO notes made him include yeah, that. Yeah, it has to be a yeah. mystery. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is funny. It's like if the show gets too attached to that idea, I think it's going to be a little disappointing. Um, I sort of just want to see these characters and their right, micro dramas totally. unfold because they're very funny to watch. Also, the two meanest teen girl characters so I have ever seen. That scene where they're interrogating <laughs> Daddario. Uh and and she for some reason wants them wants their approval and yeah. you can just feel it and you have felt like that even though you're like I don't know why I want your approval because you're awful on the other hand I want your approval but also look at my ass <laughs> it's <laughs> so squirmy yeah and she's sort of like oh like you probably feel some of the same things I feel with my asshole like husband or whatever yeah. and they're just sort of like no we're no. just ter- terrible we're terrible just terrible teenagers people and yeah. it's fine you know what you yeah. can be terrible people I look like this in my bathing suit so <laughs> screw off <laughs> it's a lot of fun i'll definitely keep watching it uh also natasha rothwell 
doing a whole new hilarious, uh, you know, massage uh, kind of new agey thing. She's that is a spa uh, manager. So weird, and I don't know where it's going, but there's she's definitely got something coming up because she's like she, it's great, <laughs> really fun to watch. Um, all right, should we talk about other things we both saw? Yes. Um, I don't know how this is different than our main topics, but um, now we're into the things we deem less main topic-y. Uh, well, there are things that we haven't seen the whole way through. Um, except we both did see women, well, women in the window one, the all, Yeah, we saw, we did see women let's, in the window all the way through. Let's talk about that. Uh, what happened, Justin? So this movie is on Netflix. It, uh, was supposed to go to theaters. Fanny and I saw a preview, like, before lockdown. It was supposed to come out, like, a month later. And it looks kind of fun. I remember back at the time, I was like, I want to see this movie. It's Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Uh, uh, but, 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 but Wyatt, right? Wyatt Russell. Yeah. This movie I, I, looked like a fun Hitchcocky knockoff that looked like it was going to be great. It is bafflingly terrible. Like It, it is batshit crazy bad. Yeah. It. It's almost so bad it's good, but it's sort of not, which makes it just really, really bad. Right, exactly. It's Um, like you can't even be like, ah, this is so terrible. I'm really – it's not not even unholy bad. Yeah. Because unholy bad was like the best kind of bad where I haven't enjoyed myself in a movie theater like that in I don't know how long. This was just – like your jaw was in your lap because it was – how do they get all of these people to make this film? I know, there's like nothing to it. And there's nothing to it. And throughout the whole thing, she's watching Hitchcock movies. So you're like, so we could just go watch a good movie <laughs> right. like this. And instead you're, yes, we get it. This is a noir film. Yay. I, I, it, I mm. And Dave, um, my husband, halfway through it was like, God, everybody's in this fucking movie. He's like, who's going to show up next? Jennifer Jason Lee? He knew nothing about the movie, and I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my like, God. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> it was the kind of bad movie that she'd suddenly just pop up in. And, and you'd there be she like, was. Yeah, it's so... For, like, two scenes, though. Nobody was in this movie for more than five minutes. It felt edited and cut to hell and rewritten to hell. And there's some just very funny, terrible, like... um you know, reveals in it. Uh, the, the final twist, which I'm not going to spoil, but the... <laughs> I don't even remember, so... Yeah, the kid from White Lotus is very involved in the movie. Oh, right, right. And uh, his sort of... I don't know, if it, Hand That Rocks the Cradle with, like... So it had a little bit of a Hand That Rocks the Cradle vibe, but, like, not as over-the-top over crazy. Like, that's a great bad Hitchcock knockoff. Right. This one is just... It doesn't believe in its own pulp. No, That's the not. problem with it. It's like if you're just going to do it to go fast nine on it and make a crazy like pulp homage, this was yeah. – oh, it's really bad, everybody. Just yeah, don't see just that movie. Just don't bother. Yeah. Um, we did it so you don't have to. Yeah. You're welcome. Better things that we can talk about that we both saw. Uh, one one thing that I saw one episode of and Fanny saw the whole thing is Starstruck. This is on HBO Max. She talked about I it uh, a week or two ago. Week, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I watched one episode of this. I really like it. Fanny was right. I'm going to keep going. It's very sort of smart, British fun. You, I think you mentioned Catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it so much more than Catastrophe, like immediately. I don't you know why. You mentioned Catastrophe, actually, because oh, you I? have okay. to compare everything to everything and say this one is better than that one and that one's better than this instead of they're two very – you did the exact same thing with Central Park and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is like just let things be. I need references to things. Except That's that Starstruck and, and Catastrophe works. don't actually really have anything in common. One is a rom-com and the other is sort no, of a family. Thing and com- yeah. of like did you watch all of, in and out. Did you watch all of Catastrophe? I did you watch two or three episodes? episodes? And I liked it. I, I watched it all bad. four seasons. And trust me, they're yeah. two extremely different okay. premises and shows. And yes, they each have a one night stand. Right. That is For a it. first episode, yeah. they did. And this one, I'm just saying, I liked this one a lot. Yes. So that's all I'm saying. And well, I that's what I'm saying. It. So like it a lot. You don't have to shit on Catastrophe to like Starstruck. Yeah. You don't have to shit on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend yeah. to like Central Park. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> Let them be. You know? Um Let's talk about We Are Lady Parts. Which you watched all of, and I watched one episode. Amazing. (laughs) Which is funny, because also this, I'm going to do it right now, comparisons. And comparisons are not terrible, also because people that like shows that we've talked about, or not like shows that we've talked about, that deal in similar tones and subject matter, it's important to be like... I can get that where yes. these are in the same sort of feeling, but the idea of this is good, catastrophe is bad. No. This was this does that better. I'm you did that. it for both of those things. I'm not you, doing it. it's exi- we sat on the couch and you said <laughs> this is like catastrophe if it was good, which <laughs> is not true. And so well, yes, I was also I can, probably a little yes, drunk. I can um, see yeah. comparing things and saying if yeah. you like this, this might interest you. Yeah. So we are lady parts. Um, Girls Five Eva. Oh, right. <laughs> Shows about female yep. bands. Yep. Um, and I enjoyed them both, much to Fanny's uh, chagrin here. But um, this That's is. That's not a chagrin. <laughs> I love them both too. I thought We Are Lady Parts' first episode was great. This is a show about a uh, Muslim uh, rock punk band, all women, uh, young women, set in London, um, really gets at, to me, the thing I love about the show, sort of the diversity of. Like what it means to be a Muslim young woman, like right. in all of its sort of nuance. We think of so like well Muslim done. as being like one thing, or you know, no, it yeah. was so well done and nuanced and and funny and so funny, kind and I I really enjoyed. I the only reason I have not watched it anymore is because Parker wants to watch it too, and we're trying to find a time to watch it together. And the lead, the only reason actor, I'm forgetting her name, but she has this brilliant like sort of like naivete that's sort of this very like eager thing that sort of conflicts with the band and the whole sort of like tone of the thing and she's so so funny and genius in this show i just really enjoyed it also there's a song i believe in the second episode called uh voldemort in my headscarf and that is a keeper is so good and so funny um i love this show so much i and i really think what we've been talking about, this show really, to me, nails a, and I think some British shows are really good about this, if there's never another season of this, this feels very self-contained. Nice. Um, and I liked that about it a lot. Nice. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about stuff you've seen? I thought it was you. You go. Okay. I go, but it says you go on our notes. I don't know. I've just been talking too much. Okay, fine. <laughs> I watched uh, No Sudden Moves on HBO, which is like Darling Nip with Del Toro and Cheadle and... Harbor and John Hamm and Moms, rest in peace, a Moms. Good cast. You were. I was glad to see him, but it made me a little sad. Who's Moms? Moms was on um, 
Oz. He uh, is a rapper. His name is Craig. Grant oh, okay. Mums, and he passed away like I don't know a couple months back. Oh wow. Okay. And uh, so it was good to see him, and he was fun in this. Um, Brendan Fraser, who is somewhat unrecognizable, uh, Kieran Culkin and Frankie Shaw. It's a crazy cast. Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. This is a heist movie about catalytic converters. <laughs> it's very pretty to look at. The cast is very good. Again, this is a heist movie about catalytic converters. So it's Soderbergh making a heist movie, but also like trying to say something about the mob. And and, and I know that, that that this was the actual thing that they tried to stop catalytic converters from coming around and the environment and all of that. I get that. But I, I ultimately, I don't know that this movie was for me, except for the cast. It's fine. Your mileage may vary. Is it, um, really it, is it, is it like Soderbergh in frosty mode or is yeah. it Soderbergh in kind of loose fun mode? No, I feel like that's the two it's modes. not loose. Okay. It's not, I mean, it's not, not it's very, yeah. because of the time period, it's very, and as a heist. You right. Know? Right. Um, and look, I love Ocean's Eleven as much as the next guy. I, and I really do. And I love a heist movie, but this just wasn't. It, it really felt like it was trying to do two or three different things and say something about environment, you know, people who are trying to fuck up the environment by not letting, you know, the mob and the catalytic converters and, and trying to say way more than it was actually ended up saying. Huh. And yeah. All right. The kid from Quiet Places in it, he's fucking great. The oh, kid's really wow. talented. I'm yeah. glad to see him do that. I uh, still haven't seen Ocean's Eleven, so you've reminded me that's something I'll watch. Ocean's Eleven is a lot of fun. I'm going to do uh, it. Skip Ocean's Twelve, and you can watch Ocean Thirteen. Don't do Ocean's Twelve. You won't like it. No one likes it. It's not good. Don't okay, watch it. Eleven, Thirteen, and Eight, or whatever. I didn't like Eight, <laughs> um, as we all know. So apparently, the evens are the bad ones in my mind. <laughs> uh, on the flip side of HBO is In Treatment, fourth season, which is a technically, I guess, a spinoff of seasons one, two, and three with Gabriel Byrne. I had been avoiding this because I was afraid I would miss Gabriel Byrne very much, as much as I love uh, um, Uzo Aduba. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I think so. I'm really sorry, Uzo, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Um, this is really good. Um, the premise of in treatment is it is a therapist. Uh, it's like three or four, sometimes five episodes a week where, uh, you see the clients come in for each episode and then one episode that's really about the therapist. And uh, my problem with the first three seasons of in treatment was I didn't really care about the patients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they, I found them to be mostly unlikable, um, especially in the first season. And, I don't have that issue with this uh, season. Uh, I really enjoy the therapist character and all three patients. Anthony Ramos plays one of the, the patients and he is kid should not be allowed to be as talented as he is. Go back <laughs> and listen to several of our other episodes where we talk about Anthony Ramos, particularly probably last week where we talked about, or the last episode where we talked about in the Heights, he is great and he's great in this. Um, there's a 18-year-old girl character whose grandmother brings her there because she has decided to be lesbian. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's great. And then there is a, a court-ordered uh, 
tech bro who went to jail for like financial crimes and now he has anger management issues and so he's been court ordered to be there played by uh john benjamin hickey that uh, great character actor john benjamin hickey um Joel Kinnaman plays her love interest. She is uh, a recovering alcoholic, which comes into play in her episodes alone. Uh, This is just, you can't kind of turn it off. I I was glad that I watched it once it had all dropped. Really fucking good. And uh, I hope that they do more. Um, On Stars, uh, Jamie Dornan and... um, Matthew Reese are in an adaptation of the 90s novel Death and the Nightingales, which I watched because it's set in Ireland and it has Matthew Reese and Jamie Dornan in it. I watched the first episode and a half out of three. This is like, you know, a really pretty murder mystery set in the 1800s. Okay. With is sex. it a show or a movie? So it's it's, it's okay. three episodes. It's, okay. just, it's a miniseries based on this novel. Not so exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's fallen out of my head. I'll probably watch the rest of it because again, it's set in Ireland and Jamie Dornan and Matthew Reese and sex. Now I'm like, yeah. if he's not funny, forget it. Yeah, but are they uh, well, together? Yeah, Do they have they... sex together? No, not together. Okay, forget it. Um, uh, Animal Kingdom is back. Hot Boys of Summer. Thank you very so much. What I was this? I'm surprised you didn't lead with this. Like what? I'm just going down my list. Okay, I thought I, I you were so excited. I am it, still so okay. excited. Yeah, you it's love great. It. It's I'm so happy it's back. Okay. I mean, there's not much to say about Animal Kingdom. It's <laughs> a bunch of you know hot boys running around doing crime and maybe punching each other in the face. It's just there's not much to say except yay it's back it's been two years thank you thank you thank you i want my show speaking of tnt where's fucking claws where is claws okay here's what happened with claws and i haven't bitched about this on this show yet and i'm mad the next big fucking announcement that june 6th here it comes final season of claws it's coming we promise june 7th i tune in i go to my hulu there ain't nothing there I go over to DirecTV. I think, well, maybe they're not. Maybe they don't have a deal with Hulu. I'm going to go on my on my DVR. Nope, season three stuff. I go to the internet. Internet's like, oh yeah. Some sites are like, yeah, June sixth. I go to TNT. Coming soon. Watch the season three trailer here. So TNT is gaslighting me at this point and We're pretending next in TNT. that we it never next, fucking happened. When we got a next. <laughs> okay. Finally, I find an article with one of the cast that says, oh, yeah, we, you know, where they admit that they'd made this big fucking push. They don't say what happened and they don't say when I'm going to get claws. Hmm. So I'm, so I'm so not okay. Still not on? No, it still uh-huh. has not dropped. There's still no fucking and announcement. Nobody knows what's happening. Nobody, Weird. there's been no explanation. I am owed an explanation. Do you think there's I'm like a hot button political thing that they freaked out about or something? No or? fucking idea. Weird. Speaking of hot button political <laughs> items and another Knicks, HBO, pull up your big girl panties and renew, un- uncancel Lovecraft Country and let Misha Green tell her fucking story or somebody else give her money. And let her tell her second season of Lovecraft Country because after all those Emmys, like I think we have a good chance now. And you look at what her season two Bible was going to look like. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Let this woman make her story. Yeah, I am. I am upset. Um, Okay, did you know that if you go to Netflix, Allie and I found this out that. It'll just there's a thing where you can push a button and it'll just randomly play you something. Yeah, I don't understand that whole idea. I mean, I assume it's so you don't all sit around. So I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? So we did that. We watched an episode of Manifest. Why are people trying to save this show? 
What's manifest? It's again? real bad. It's okay. about all these people on a plane, and the plane when they land, it turns out they've been gone for five years. I mean, I love the I love any weird plane. It, mystery, it's a good but, premise. Yeah, it's not a good show. Okay, it's not a good show. And apparently, like Netflix picked it up for another episode, another season, and then they canceled it. It's not good. Also, they put on the second season of The Circle. I talked about The Circle last. Right. Um, so we watched it, and, and Allie's like, "What is this? This looks terrible!" And now she's super hooked. And I was like. <laughs> It's surprisingly sweet. Trust me, it looks super shallow, but it, it turns out to be surprisingly sweet. Unlike Too Hot to Handle, which is also back for another season, and I didn't even wait for Netflix to put it on for me with their, oh, we, we promise we're playing a rando thing when actually we're just playing some shit we want you to watch because we spent money That's on it. That's why I don't trust the rando yeah. ever. Yeah, it's no, not, it's not actually rando. It's here's a yeah. bunch of shit we want you to watch. Because you would end up with some real bottom-of-the-barrel shit right? if it were truly random It really should be random. Yeah. But Too Hot to Handle on Netflix, this is a terrible terrible show and even i had to stop watching it after three episodes i watched all of the first season i talked about on this podcast but even i could not watch this i have finally read the third you book the you love me which is the book about the stalker um let me close that The Joe Goldberg stalker books that turned into the Netflix series with Penn Bagley read by Santino Fontana. Um, this wasn't as good as the first two. The second one isn't as good as the first one. The third one, it's like, I don't know. There wasn't, there's not that many places you can kind of go with the book about a stalker who becomes obsessed with people and then kills other people to make them love them. And I just, I really like the voice of these books. And I think that, uh, Carolyn Kepnes is talented, but I want her to do something else at this point. They're tricky. They're not great. And then I read a lot of, um, nonfiction about what a nightmare the last year of the Trump presidency was. I read Nightmare Scenario, which is specifically about his reaction to the pandemic. Uh, Disloyal, which is Michael Cohen's book. And what? <laughs> yes. Well, I Why listened, were you doing this to yourself? Because uh, it was fascinating and I was listening to them and yeah. I'd, I'd read a bunch of reviews and so I was like, I don't have to actually read them. I've been listening to them. Oh God, and then frankly, we did attack. win this election, yeah. which is all about the la- the basically the run and the losing. And I'm sort of reveling in the fact that he lost and that's kind of fun. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's what I read. Um, I have some announcements. Uh Showtime has announced that on August 22nd, they will drop the second season of Work in Progress, Progress, which is the um, Abby McEnany. Yes, uh, you're good at that. uh, Theo Germain's uh, second season of that fabulous show that we loved so much. Uh, Succession is supposed to drop in the fall, in scare quotes. So (laughs) come on, get get to dropping fall get here soon the wilds remember the wilds we no. watched it go back and listen to it it's about the kids that uh shipwreck that that plane crash on the beach and but there's a you shadowy watched you it. watched it too we did i'm pretty sure you watched it I maybe watched an episode no i think it. you watched all of it let's go back and check because wow. i had completely forgotten about <laughs> all of it too anyway they're filming season two uh we talked about lovecraft country being canceled uh again i'm still mad p valley Reviewed for season two, you still need to. That's another thing you can download and watch on the plate. And you still need to watch that, watch and you that would really lot. like that. Season two is apparently not until next fucking year, and I'm not okay with it. Ah, uh, 
Now you know. All the news that's fit to, fit to print. Give me my shows. Give me, give me, give me. Good stuff coming out at least. Um, so I saw Black Widow. Uh, you know, I had very low expectations um, going into it. Um, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, like I said before, including, you know, all Marvel things. They never dip below two stars. I would say this was like two and a half, three. Um, it was... A lot of fun. It's ridiculous. The action scenes are dumb. The accents are unbelievably <laughs> terrible. Like some of the worst. And I say this is a bad accent connoisseur. These are the worst Russian accents I have ever heard in my life. And that includes Florence Pugh. Oh, um, Pugh. Uh, it is. It's very cute. I The Florence Pugh thing, I do have to say, I'm wondering how much of this is like wow, we really want somebody else other than Scar as our Black Widow character. She is good, but not that great in this. It's fine. It's all fine. David Harbour was very funny, but also the worst accent ever. Um, I really like Rachel Weisz in her weird little role. Um, it's fun. I don't know. There's not much to say about it. It's kind of ridiculous. Um it's ridiculous. People are falling all over it. Like it's again. I'm going to make the the comment because I can't think of any other like classic movie right now. But people are falling all over it. Like it's fucking Citizen Kane. Oh God, like, no! Who like, is? What's like everybody? Oh, I keep thinking about this, and it's so touching. No, and then, no, and it's like they're all whispering Rosebud or something. I don't. I saw it with our our friend Amy, and we watched it um, at the Grand Lake Theater. I went to the Grand Lake, which was fun, and she has not seen most of the stuff and i was like oh god is this gonna be a terrible mistake and she was like so i kind of had fun but like the fact that i've not seen any of the marvel stuff and i understood all of this i was like she's like i think this is maybe like kind of there's not enough there to this movie and i was like yeah it's very slight and she's like i think if you describe the plot it would literally be like three sentences okay so wait a minute Yes. Are we saying that F9 has more history and more like of like a canon? More of a canon than, than Black Widow. I think that's true. Because we didn't understand a no. fucking frame of no. F9. No. Black Widow did stand alone on its own. Very, so, very, very um, interesting. Who's making comparisons now? <clears throat> no, I'm just saying. No, I don't mean it like that. I'm not saying one's good and one's bad. I'm also kidding because you didn't bad. see the other one. So. I'm just, yeah. I'm not saying one's good and one's bad. I'm just sort of fascinated by the right. The, the it flip is side of yeah. we didn't understand a fucking frame of F9. Yeah. Still enjoyed it. Yeah. Amy had never seen a Marvel movie, understood every frame of it, and still enjoyed it. It's yeah. just interesting. It is That's interesting. Um, and the thing that I think we both came out of it saying, which I think a lot of people are saying, is the the family dynamic, the sort of chosen family, but through spy, like whatever, stuck together, is very sweet. It's hard not to be like a little uh, move of that. Also, Ray Winstone plays this... Aww. Uh, Harvey Weinstein monster who is in charge of brainwashing all of them. And it's like so on the nose Weinstein of like grooming these women that it's like, it's, it is a little like, is this like, maybe you should have made a more serious movie about this. Like there's a lot of, there's, there's stuff to it. And I think that's what people are responding to about it. Like it's not brain dead, but then it's so jokey and dumb that there's definitely, the culture, you know, the the Marvel clash of like tones in that way, right. which in a comic or something might have gone better. I will say, I know ScarJo is not your thing. 
I actually, this was, she was pretty good in this. I enjoyed her in it. Um, she's fine. She's, you know, she's not a good person, not a good person, but she was fine in this. Um, moving on summer of soul. Ah, oh, God, I love this movie. Uh, this is uh quest loves documentary about the music festival that happened in 1969, I believe in Harlem and Marcus Garvey park. Nobody really knew about this thing. It was sort of a, you know, black Woodstock in Harlem. Um, they filmed it with the intention to make a, uh, kind of Woodstock like movie about it. And, uh, the studios passed on it and it sat in some archive for, you know, however many years, uh, 50 years at this point, which is crazy. Um, this has Stevie wonder, Gladys and the pips, Sly and the family stone, um, the, you know, fifth dimension, um, so many amazing performances of black, just like the entire array of black sort of pop and soul singers of that time, staple singers, Mahalia Jackson. Um, and it's so amazing. The framing of this movie is basically people that were at this concert as kids and talking about, this is the part that sort of everybody gets sort of caught up in. And it's so good is where this kid is like, I dreamt, I, I thought I dreamt this. I didn't know that it was real because Aww. I was at a festival of like amazing black artists with an amazing like audience of like 99% black people sort of coming together and enjoying music. And he's like, I didn't trust that it was real. And, and he gets so moved by watching it again. There's a lot of footage of people watching the footage again. Um, and it's so fucking good. And Mahalia Jackson, there's a scene where, you know, she's kind of older and she's basically, you know, not feeling great or whatever. And she gets uh, Mavis Staples to sing with her. And Mavis Staples is kind of like, uh, okay, you're like Mahalia Jackson. I'm Mavis Staples. She was much younger at that point. And she gets up and sort of sings this part and kills it. And then Mahalia Jackson sort of steps into the frame and you're like, Oh God, is she like, Oh, I got to fix this. She's not doing me justice or whatever. And then they just sing together and she just sort of looks at her and they just like, and Mavis Staples just talks about that's the highlight of her entire career. Um, fucking Sly and the family stone. Like you forget how amazing and revolutionary that band was. Um, He was obviously a mess and a drug addict and possibly an abuser and all that stuff. But wow, watching that band that he assembled on stage, um, just like blowing the minds of these like, you know, sort of some Motown kind of crowds of like, okay, no black music is all of this. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's it's great. It's on Hulu also, so if you don't want to go to the theaters, um, watch it there. But I also really liked seeing it in the theaters because I'd never seen a lot of these performances up close. Uh, definitely going to be in my top ten of the year. It just I as a music nerd, it just hit me in all the right spots. Um, another music thing: Mary J. Blige's "My Life," which is on Amazon Prime. Uh, I love Mary J. Blige uh, deeply. I've talked about her, I think, on this podcast before. Oh, yeah. um, she. I, I don't know whether she produced this. It definitely, so it's about sort of the making of her My Life album, which is funny because I feel like in many people's music sort of histories, that's her sort of peak personal album. It's fine. I like the albums after it. Um, and it's funny that there's sort of, when you watch these kind of things, you're like, oh, this is the album that many people respond to that is not my favorite album. I don't think she'd quite found her voice yet. Um, but it's a little hagiography. It's when I saw Mary J. Blige in God, whatever year that was and Jones beach. Um, 
it was like going to church and therapy and a rock show and a, like whatever. It was amazing. And there's a lot of that. And so it's fun to see that because it reminds you of that. And if you haven't been to one of her shows, you get a sense of that. And she really has this very, um, you know, the wall is down between her emotional struggle and her fans struggles. Like she's one of those artists that is really does that in a really powerful kind of nice. empathetic way. Um, but just focusing on that one album feels a little to me, I just would have rather had some distance and followed her career sure. a little more, but um, yeah, she's amazing. She's so much fun to watch. She's just like sweet, despite all this like horrible shit. She's like foul mouthed and hilarious. And I love her <laughs> um, Rick and Morty. I, against my better judgment, uh, sort of jumped back into ah, Rick and Morty. What can we say? Have you watched any Rick and Morty? Uh, yeah. I've I probably mean, made you watch some. Here and there. No, you are the only person that hasn't made me watch it. Okay. Yeah. It is still just shock for shock's sake. It's so cynical and ridiculous. Um, I I think the last couple seasons got so in their head about all the terrible stuff that was happening. uh, Whereas this season, maybe they've pulled back a little bit and it feels a little more about the relationships of these terrible, dysfunctional family characters. So I don't know the, the, the few that I saw, I was sort of like, all right, this is, it's found its footing a little more because it had gotten a little too far down the, like, Hey, all the writers went to Loki is what happened. You know that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I did um, Strange Academy. Uh, so this is the comic. It's the most recent Marvel kind of, uh, Doctor Strange spinoff. I forget the author. I should know this. Um, it's very Rainbow Rainbow Rowell kind of adjacent. Um, it is about all these misfits that end up at the Strange Academy. It is run by uh, a librarian character that has sort of showed up in the recent Doctor Strange comics. And they are all sorts of weirdo monsters. It's queer. It is. It's like, you know, Harry Potter, but like dark and scary and weird. Um, I think you would really this is cool. so right up your alley um it's it's still I, I think it's still being published but on marvel unlimited it's like being dribbled out you know once a month and i'm now like ah this is why i don't read comic runs until they're done i don't like waiting <laughs> yep, i hate I it that. partly because i just forget about it but i actually with this book for the first time in ages was like should i like subscribe to this <laughs> like how does that work is that a thing i can do and i know it is i should talk to uh, layla about that um, yes yeah how do yes, you absolutely. like benefit artists and are you kidding me they will yeah. make you a, an order to go yeah. they will make you an order to pick up every wednesday you can yeah. go in and they will make you a box i would love to do that that would be amazing yeah and all right they pick out really really good things um i was just looking because i couldn't remember there was something dropping tomorrow that i thought that i wanted to watch and i couldn't remember what it was so i was looking at premiere dates and i stumbled upon why the last man is going to premiere on FX and Hulu on September 13th. What? Yup. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, that, I mean, I'm gobsmacked right not, now. It's actually not, happening. Do not clause us, people. Yeah, don't clause us. Den of geek. And also, don't be bad. Yeah, don't be bad. Please don't be bad. But there we um, go. September 13th. We have an actual date. We will certainly be talking about I, that. So Shocked. Yeah. Same week as uh, Marvel's What If. Nice, uh, which I'm also actually very excited about. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm actually excited about that. Yeah, that's a a lot of fun. All right, where can they talk to us about things? You can tell us what you're looking forward to dropping. Is it going to be American Horror Stories? Oh, my God. Or Schmigadoon? Oh my! God. Like American Horror Stories? Like really, we needed like little spinoff one 
one episodes of suck instead of a whole season of oh, Wendy. Is that what you it is? Watching? I yeah. didn't realize that. It's different than, seasons. okay, so there's American Horror Story, which is going to have a new season okay. called Double Feature. And now there's American Horror Stories, which is each one episode. One episode at a time, the Grand Thought. Yeah. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. I'd I mean, actually I'm, rather watch that. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch yeah. it because I always watch American Horror Story and then I find out, then I walk away and right. forget because to Because he's good watching. at one episode at a time. Yeah. This yeah. could actually be good. And then Schmegadoon was the other thing that I could. I was like, something drops tomorrow that I'm going to watch that Justin's making the bad face about and he'll compare it to things. I, I don't expect it to be any good, but I'm going to watch it. I can't look at it physically. Yes. It looks so bad. So tell us what you are going to watch. You can do that on Facebook. Facebook. Find us at the Knicks Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on Gmail. You can do that at emotion to Knicks at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, which is at the Knicks Podcast, and I am at Fanny V. Darling. And I'm at Justin Hurdog on Twitter. I am going to Greece in a week, and I will be gone for two weeks. So I am not going to Greece. Uh, there might be even more of a delay than usual. We'll see. We might try and squeeze one in next week. But we'll we see. should try and squeeze one in next yeah. week, or just take your computer, and we can certainly won't have any That's technical problems works if we so try. Well for us. <laughs> From Greece, I'm sure it'll be even better. I think we should do it anyway. Talk to you next time. Five (laughs) minutes. Have a nice whenever, however long, guys. Bye.